Hey everybody, it's me, Bonnie, your host of the Grieving Girl Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, my very own dance teacher, Angela Ball Goldberg. <laughs> It'll never feel right to me. <laughs> Throw that Goldberg in there. Mark, we love you. <laughs> we do love you, Mark. <laughs> so, you got Ange here. How are we doing? Good. Good. She's good. We yeah. did have like a nice long debrief before this. We did, which is, you know, excuse my eyes. Yeah, we're my bloodshot eyes. We're in the emotions already. Emotions but alone. you know, this is it. This is grieving period. Um, so shout out to Brendan and Jack for these lovely grieving girl wine glasses we have going on here. Can you believe it? Fabulous. I'm like Ellen DeGeneres, but sad. So cheers. I legit need <laughs> a set. I will purchase. Put it on the website. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm taking a peek to make sure that I uh, started recording. It's literally in every episode where I'm like, did I start recording? <laughs> I believe I did. I'm going to check. Give it a check, see. Yeah. I love these pillows. They're like comfort pillows. Okay. That's I like, that. that's what they've turned into. Yeah. Like pick your emotional support pillow. Like I know I heard you with the cat. You wanted. Yes. Right? I was petting this like a cat. We okay. also, because it's Halloween, now have Winifred Sanderson. Okay. All right. So she's that. our friend too. Um, my that. friend Lindsay actually made these pillows. A lot of people have asked about these pillows. Lindsay made these pillows. If you need custom pillows, um, awesome. I'm just going to tell people to dm or she might be like i don't make pillows anymore bonnie but she doesn't really make pillows I period she's just crafty they're great thanks all right so Ange, not as asthma i'm like happy breathing <laughs> <laughs> listen it's october it's allergy season okay um all right Ange, let's chat about your grief how would you label your grief like we had you know a teen suicide loss a parental loss. How would you label yours? Well, my grief is stemming from infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I have been married for six years mm-hmm. on Friday the 13th. We, <gasps> and we actually did get married on Friday the 13th yeah. six years ago. I feel like I remember that being like a yes. nice fall vibe. Yes. I have to show you the wedding album because there's a like epic picture of you and Andrea <laughs> and my stepson Joey and Stephanie. It's epic. Wow. Yeah. Throw I'm that on the you. interwebs. Epic, I will. <laughs> um so we were we met in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um we got engaged in December of 2015. Um both of us knew that we always wanted to have a family. I especially knew. I just knew from the beginning from being a very young child the dawn of time the dawn of time that uh, motherhood was in the cards for me I wanted to have a child I wanted to know what it felt like to have a child inside of me to experience childbirth and you know everything that comes along with it Um, my husband has a uh, when I met him he had a seven-year-old son he was so little he was so little he's (laughs) he's 18 now He's um, a whole man. But his, na- his name was Joseph, and he was seven at the time that I met him. 
um, side note, the first time we met, we went to the zoo and he was in the back seat and he called me Angelo and he <laughs> said, Angelo. And I said, yes. He said, do you know what a fart is? <laughs> and so I knew at that point that we would probably hit it off. You were like, and that's yeah. when we all fell in love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we got engaged in 2015, knew we wanted to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and we figured at that point, let's just start trying. I mean, we're going to get married, you know. So we tried for about a year. And we did kind of just like following my app at first. Like, oh, it's your green your green time. Um, and that kind of went to using um, ovulation strips. And then I went to using the basal sped cell thermometer. And we... I didn't even know that was the thing. I just like basal yeah, cell makes me think of skin cancer. Me, I know. I think that's <laughs> what like, it is. I was on my head. You start track. You track your temperature, and as your temperature rises, yeah. Um, we had a lot of sex, <laughs> which you know you got to do to make a baby. That's it. Um, I took a ton of pregnancy tests. Um, all ended in tears because they were always negative. And I went to the gynecologist. Oh, at, okay. For, at, at that point, um, about a year. So then we stopped okay. trying because the wedding was approaching. And I was like, uh, I don't really want to be pregnant. Still at this point, I didn't think it wasn't a possibility. Um, I don't want to be pregnant during the wedding. Sure. Not that I think there's anything wrong with that. It was my personal. You really wanted to party. It was just my personal. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's just my personal thing. <clears throat> I would say... Um, 12 hours after the wedding we started trying again (laughs) and uh we tried for up until the spring of 2018 and had nothing so my gynecologist had suggested that I go to we go to a fertility clinic to see um you know get some screenings and that kind of thing and um it it uh it was eye-opening because when we started testing, uh, I was being tested, blood tests and different kind of internal testing to ch- make sure that everything I had was good. Um, my husband was also being tested, blood work, and he would they did seam analysis and stuff. And they found that one, uh, the first couple of his samples had zero sperm in it, mm-hmm. which is really unusual because my husband was only 40... B- low 40 mid I were 40 43 at the time yeah and he already has a child right you know that it is right so we got sent to a urologist where the urologist did um that's a funny story too um we went to him multiple times uh he had ultrasounds done blood work done um there was I went with him every time and actually the first time that we went here's the funny story uh Mark was in the room I was sitting in a chair the doctor came in and he said, okay, what are you here for? And we were explaining to him, you know, we were sent here by the fertility specialist. And he said, okay, Mark, uh, go ahead and stand up and pull your pants down. And um, before I knew it, this doctor had my husband's <laughs> junk in his hand in front of in me. In front of everybody. So I'm like, uh, he had Mark side-eyed me and I side-eyed him. And we both started smiling and I just turned away and I just thought like, wow, those 
thing those moments you never thought mm. yeah 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 and the doctor probably does it a hundred times a day a so hundred like, times a day and i'm like well, this doctor's holding my husband's stuff but yeah, but it, yeah lol <laughs> pardon me yeah so that was kind of a funny um after after appointment after appointment the doctor the urologist essentially said we don't know we don't know why sometimes there's sperm we don't know why there's not we just don't know why and so we said okay right (laughs) well you're the people with the answer so Um, there were um there were some options he threw on the table of like surgeries Mm -hmm. and like but ne- like to go in and to see if there's anything wrong, but there was like never a guarantee that that was going to be, you know. Yeah. So we put kind of put that on the side um, and we pushed on with the fertility clinic. Okay. Um, because when he gave samples, it wasn't always nothing. Okay. It's just, it was a very low count just low. Okay. a lot. So they usually see much, much more. Um, we decided to move forward. We, uh, started treatment, meaning I started my shots. Mm -hmm. Um, it was almost two weeks of three shots a night in the stomach. Um, it was, at first it was like exciting. Mm. Well, first it was scary. And then I was like excited because then I started to think like, this is good. This is what's going to lead. This is going to do it. This is going to do it. Like this, this is always what I've wanted. If this is the way that I have to do it, this is the way I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I saved every single syringe. Mm -hmm. I saved them all. Um, I had like a, like a big Tupperware container. And Mm -hmm. I, I had, what I had done was in our bedroom, I had cleared out one complete dresser drawer because there's a lot of stuff. There's, You know, there's syringes and then there's the bottles and there's all kinds of stuff. So I made it kind of like the IVF drawer Mm -hmm. and uh, I I did what I needed to do. Um, At the time, I was considered obese because my BMI was was high. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the same time as pumping my body full of hormones, I also had to try and lose 10 plus pounds uh that was challenging yeah that's a lot (laughs) Uh, yeah all at once um so yes so a lot of a lot of emotions a lot of craziness a lot of arguments a lot of fights picked by me don't blame me it was the hormones yeah i was gonna say because your hormones are surging yeah yeah um it wasn't the happiest moments of my life Mm -hmm. but somewhere inside i found a little bit of that mm-hmm. just knowing that it was leading to what I had always wanted which was a baby mm-hmm. a family um so it came time for uh I did all the shots it came time for the egg retrieval which is done under anesthesia I think I believe it was on a Sunday morning my husband brought me over we did the egg retrieval. Um, the doctor came in afterwards and told me that he was able to retrieve 12 eggs, which I laughed and said, perfect dozen. Couldn't get 18. They didn't have any 18 packs, but, you know. Um, <laughs> the things you remember. I know. Uh, he said we got 12, so he said that's good. He said I wish that we could have gotten more, but 12 is good. 
fast forward 12 went to six and how does that happen this is coming from some i know nothing about anything (laughs) from what i understand it's just the viability of the egg okay um once it's removed and put where it needs to be put um it either survives or it doesn't okay um six this six of those were good enough to be um take a sip you want a sip you take that I sip know, i know i watch <laughs> chug <Yeah>. um <laughs> chug a six of those were fertilized mm-hmm. that's the word we were looking for uh, <laughs> yes i was like in gestation period like i don't i, I am not a scientist <laughs> now i do know that because of um because of the state of my husband's sperm um, they actually did a procedure, which I don't know what it's called, but they actually take the sperm and they actually inject it into the egg. Okay. Instead of the egg kind of doing its thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. S- okay. So we fertilize six. Okay. Um, out of the six, three survive. Okay. Um, we then had a discussion about whether or not we wanted to do genetic testing. Mm-hmm. Um, Considering that at the time I was 41, I was considered like geriatric, high, um, high risk, high risk, which like I got a problem with that. You know, I like to take up Well, Ange takes her sip. I like to take up a fight. Okay. 35 is not geriatric. I understand way back when, you know, children were having babies at 18 on the regular, like not like the scandalous version, but like. That was what it was. Like, you graduate high school and you start having children. So 35 seems geriatric. But, like, can we, like, find something new in 2023 that 35 might just be, like, mature? Mature. Yeah. Can we get, like, fierce? Yeah, you're like, you're in your fierce I feel like stage. I should be pushed in in a wheelchair with yeah, a truly, diaper on every time. Also, like, in. shout out to Miriam, who, like, had her first baby, I think, at, like, 19 and still was had a baby at 40 Mm -hmm. because she was Mm -hmm. not actually geriatric even though she then had adult children i'm just like let's like can we rewrite that you know since only men are doctors apparently because i really think that we there should be a movement yeah agreed taken one up agreed all right so we had three so we had three um we chose to do the um the testing which Mm -hmm. means um what they do is they take a little bit of the cells out of one of the embryos. They send it away to check to see if they're essentially normal if they're or, or to check for any abnormalities is really what they're looking for. Um, you know, things like Down syndrome and like that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, so that's what we were going to do. Okay. Um, at the time, we learned that from the three – we dropped down to one. Mm. So we had one viable embryo that we could do this testing on. And we said, okay, let, you know, let's do it. They, they didn't tell, I mean, they, they told us that the more cells you take from an embryo, the, the better the chance the embryo isn't going to be able to survive, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. I mean, that just makes sense. Wait, with this one you said? With any, really, but right. yes, with this one. Because but, we so only you had, did the genetic testing on the last one. We only had one to test from. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we did the genetic testing on the one, and it came back inconclusive. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. It came back inconclusive. 
they couldn't really tell. Um, and I think that the reason for that was they said they it probably wasn't enough cells, et cetera, whatever. Um, so the question was posed to us whether or not we wanted to retest mm. knowing that taking more cells from the embryo would just not it, 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 I mean it could cause its death and we decided no we don't want to do any more testing we want to keep it like it is and we want to go with that embryo mm -hmm. and a couple of days later I got a call from a person from the lab that said I'm you know we're really sorry but we thought you wanted to do a second testing and when we defrosted it 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 died was that like do you remember what exactly they said to you um I remember sitting at my desk I was working for an oral surgeon at the time and when it was a man's voice on the phone and he said this is so-and-so from the lab it like, like I got a pit in my stomach because mm -hmm. I was like why yeah I've never talked to you before like okay. I've talked to all nurses and doctors and everything but not you and he basically explained that's exactly how he explained it he said um we were gonna do a second genetic testing because we thought that's what you wanted and there was a miscommunication and yeah, I was gonna say like when did they think that was the thing there, you there wanted was, there was a miscommunication and it didn't make it yeah, I'm like, who was the person on the other side exactly. that said we, they didn't want that? Yeah. That he said to you, we thought that's what you wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Unfortunately. So then we had zero. We had zero. Uh, and I did not ask those questions because I immediately lost my shit. Yes. And had to leave work. Yeah. And I remember going home and sitting in front of my love seat and like hugging my my knee my, like my legs mm -hmm. and uh duncan my jiu-jitsu he just like came up and he jumped up on to the top and he just kept like licking my face oh because like obviously he knew that yeah I was so in sad. distress of some sort yeah, yeah. so yeah. So then I had to tell my husband and he was he was not sad. He was pissed. Yeah. I'm sure. And uh Ange brought her own tissues. I should start <laughs> providing those. She brought her own. I'm going to leave them for everybody. <laughs> it's been on my to-do list. <laughs> she brought her own tissues. Um And so yeah, that kind of uh that that was that sucked and yeah. that kind of started uh my grief journey yes so yeah that the fact that it happened at someone else's um hand is bonnie didn't know that i did not know that today, and so i feel <laughs> a i had a visceral reaction because we all know that i have the same kind she of did. um uh, it just I think that you should dig into that because the fact that something like that happened it should have never happened and the fact that you got a call saying I'm sorry just uh, it already just says like we f we fucked it up so you know unfortunately no one likes to be the person to hold someone accountable but I think that you should look into it um so now you this event happens mm -hmm. and you start feeling feelings 
and you don't necessarily know what they're feeling, I would love for us to figure out how to verbalize going through grief and not recognizing you're even going through grief. (laughs) (laughs) So like you're initially, like, did you feel like you were initially like sprung into a depression and just like kind of feeling like this, I'm now depressed and like labeling grief as depression or. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I can tell you, and I've told you this before, it wasn't until this happened in 2018 Mm. and it wasn't until maybe three or four months ago, 2023, that my therapist said, Angela, you are experiencing grief. Mm. And I said, what? And she's like, you're, you're experiencing grief. Like what you are explaining to me and everything that you are saying, like this, this is grief. Yeah. I had no idea. So to me, yes, when it, when it happened, it, I have a history of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, pardon me. <laughs> took, um, I've taken medication to control it for, since I was probably my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I, th- that's what I feel like it threw me into it. It kind of threw me into that. Like I'm, uh, well, I told you that I instantly went to, I'm being punished for mm-hmm. something. Um, God or the universe or whoever it is, is punishing me for decisions that I made for things that I've done for things I didn't do, whatever. Um, I beat myself up a lot about it a lot because I blamed myself Mm -hmm. again, because of whatever decisions that I made throughout life, et cetera. Um, yeah, I think after that initial like realization that once we came to I, we came to the realization that I couldn't do it again because it's always an option to do it again. Mm-hmm. Number one, I had lost trust. Mm. Yeah, just period. Um, number two, the whole the whole regimen that you have to go through is really intense. Yeah, I mean like hormones fuck you up yeah you know like it's it's rough and a lot of that stuff my husband saw because it was like you know like <laughs> I couldn't keep it in it was, yeah you know? he's with you 24 7 but also like a lot of it I internalized too which mm-hmm. then led me de- a deeper into a depression yeah. but then you also have to get up and pretend that everything's okay for the rest of the world because I certainly wasn't sharing it with the rest of the world or mm-hmm. my family or anything like that um I guess at that point I put it in a box Mm -hmm. and I put it up on the shelf yeah and if it if it was out of sight it was out of mind and it just was what it was and when it would come up I would just take the sarcastic route like oh must be nice yeah you know must be nice right must be nice to take your kids to the zoo must right be nice to, oh isn't that nice oh yeah, yeah you know and then like when i would see like you know see a lot of a lot of my friends that i grew up with because you have to you have to remember i was 41 mm-hmm. most of them my friends that i grew up with already had kids sure so i started seeing when i was, was seeing friends having children or i was seeing students having children I'm sure that was because rough. I'm old enough to have dance students who are having children. Mm-hmm. Um, it pissed me off. I was just like, like, 
I was just so resentful. Not it's weird. It's weird. It's anger. It's anger. Yeah. I don't know if it was. I, I thank you. I don't think of of it. It was probably as much resentment as resentment as it was anger. I was I was just like angry. Like why was it so easy for them? Right. You know, like like I I mean I have a friend I have a friend who also had some fertility issues and bim bam boom she right. one time and she's pregnant or like yeah and I mean there are two things that I want to spiral off of this so I want to just chat about like okay so you can do this more than once Mm -hmm. and your thing was just like I don't want to do I don't want to do it again Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do the other options because like I saw this being like I'm gonna have this baby with my husband and this is how we're gonna do it And I think that that's, like, an important thing because I think that, like, people, even, like, me, I'm, like, okay, sure, like, I'm 34. Sometimes I forget how old I am. I'm, like, I am 34. Um, I only know (laughs) how old I am because my birthday was two days ago. Okay. I'm, like, I'm 34. I mean, even Addison the other day was, like. I'm 47, by the way. Addison was, like, do you have kids? And I was, like, do you want me to have kids? (laughs) She's three. And I was like, ma'am, first of all, if I'm going to have kids, we need a lot of money because I'm going to need a ma- I'm gonna need a nanny because, like, there's nobody here for me to have them with. But, you know, like, there's always a thing in the back of my head where, like, okay, well, if I have the funds, I can freeze my eggs. Or if I have the funds, I can do X, Y, Z. Or I could adopt or X, Y, Z. But it's, like, that point of just, like, no, if I'm going to have kids, I want to have them this way. Like, is I'm sure very common because I think when people – if you were to share your story to someone and someone go like, well, well, why don't you just adopt? It's like, well, that's not right. And it's also like, that's not necessarily helpful right now. Right. right? So like, I know I just asked you, but this is after a 20 minute conversation of like, and that's like off the table. Correct. Like the inclination for a lot of humans to just be like, well, just like, uh, why don't you go adopt? Like, Oh, that's the easy thing. And it's like, Sure, that is an option, but for you and your family, that's just, not what you wanted. That's not what I wanted. Right. My 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 journey. I wanted to be a specific way. I mean, my I wanted to meet someone that I loved, mm-hmm. have a child with him, experience pregnancy and all the terrible things and all the wonderful things that go with it. I wanted to experience a gender reveal i wanted to experience say right you wanted you wanted, I wanted all the it. whole package yeah and the bells and whistles that's how i wanted it right and at the end the beautiful beautiful gift right is my baby right my baby right now that doesn't knock 100 100 other ways adoption surrogacy i mean there are such beautiful ways to bring children into your life. But those weren't for you. But they weren't for me. They just weren't for me. Which is totally okay. Yeah, and I think that's like an me. important like note. I agree. For when we're having these conversations. Because I think something that's awesome about social media is like conversations about all of this. Yes. Have like women have just been like, fuck this. Like unleash yes. the voice. Because like for some reason in society, like we've been very silent about like. Yes all of this because you know like apparently you know all of our worth is in our uterus yeah i mean i there's and you know there's so many beautiful stories i mean i was just sharing a story with you about a friend of mine whose mother 
just carried her child for her because she couldn't. Right. I mean, like, and that's amazing. Oh my God. Right. You know, like that would, that's just not, that's not something that, you know, a way I would choose to do it. But like, it's beautiful. I don't, I don't care how you bring that baby into the world, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm like all four babies. (laughs) I think it's just important to note, like, as we have these conversations to like put, you know, like just go through what you're going to respond with before it actually comes out of your mouth. When you're having a conversation with someone who's like, I couldn't have the baby the way I wanted to that. Like we don't just need to start like throwing out ways to fix the problem. Agreed. And that's like a grief thing also Yes. of like, it's okay that you're going through this and that you're sad and you're uncomfortable. And like, this is where you are in your like life journey and it's okay for a friend to just sit with you in it. Agreed. And like, you know, what? even when there are more ways to, you know, take, there's not like one path with infertility. That doesn't mean that's what someone wants to hear in that Agreed. moment. I think that also happens too if, because <clears throat> again, like we had talked about this before and said that this is kind of taboo. Like, you know, nobody tells you what to say when somebody is having is going through this so like i feel like that's also like a way for them to help you because that's all they know you know no one wants to see you sad no one wants to see you sad so they're gonna try to you know right it's never coming out of a place of like ill intent but but it's important to say that it's okay to not give those suggestions (laughs) and also like just to say i am here for you right like it's okay that your friend is not okay and they will figure out the solutions for themselves but like you don't have to fix yes especially like that's a piece of grief for you right it's like you're feeling these feelings because like what you thought would be is not it no longer is Mm -hmm. so like taking it to the grieving girl podcast it's like in your grief it's okay for us to just like sit and be uncomfortable with people mm-hmm. and just be like I'm so sorry this sucks for you like so where are we at and what do we want to do in this moment we want to have some surf sides that's the wheel in the in the new one we love that <laughs> we love you want to cry on my couch <laughs> like cool check check right like we'll get there when we get there right um and then I also just want to like swing back to like you know you were going through this whole thing and just feeling very lonely feeling very isolated in Incredibly. even in like going through the whole IVF thing and then I'm sure afterwards because like it's your body yep. and like grief is I like, it is so isolating and it is so lonely so the fact that you were feeling that while you were going through this and then after like that's like a very long time to feel isolated it is um and I was surrounded by people who had children yeah who have my 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 husband being one of them Mm -hmm. you know i mean this this was a journey that we both went on and this happened to both of us right and while i know that he has grief and he is has feelings about not being able to have a child with me he'll never know what it feels like to never have that opportunity ever Mm -hmm. at all to have a child and sometimes I resent him sometimes not all the time sometimes I resent the fact that he had that he has a child 
which is another d- whole thing. Well, it's tangent, the same thing as just like, you know, when you see your, you know, now adult dance kids with kids and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, it, it's all that, like, yeah. That anger that comes with yes. the grief. Yes. You know, I have to say, like, I think that I went through, like, now that I'm starting to <laughs> work through this and not, you know, just verbalize it, it's been on the shelf for multiple years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started therapy. She was the first one I texted to say thank you because <laughs> she was my inspiration to just go and get my you shit know. together or at least start talking about my shit. Yeah, we love we I said, if anything, like you just start oversharing on the Internet. It feels good. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. <laughs> it's good to say it out loud. It's my first time. But you know what? I'll be back. <laughs> she at least is actively going. I started and stopped. <laughs> uh, well, right now I'm actively going. <laughs> yeah. You know, therapy is good. I mean, I did not start sharing my story to inspire others to go, but I'm glad that Listen, if, my overshare helped. If nothing else, if nothing else, it's just a, it's a, it's another avenue to just talk, to just mm-hmm. get it out. Like mm-hmm. to a stranger who, I mean, not for nothing. They don't give a fuck. Like they don't, they don't care because they don't have that personal connection to you, but th- but they're they care in a way that they're there to be mm-hmm. the listener. They're the sounding board and the sounding board. And sometimes to just talk and just to he- just to verbalize it, like relieves a little bit of it. Like maybe I didn't get anything back from <laughs> for necessarily. Yeah, but like just but getting I was it able out, to get it out, and yeah. like that to me I find I found as one of like the biggest kind of pluses to yeah. going to a ther- therapy and talking about it now to get it back into the nitty-gritty mm-hmm. I think that you got to do a little searching for the yes. rapport and and whatever but yeah you got to shop around for a good but therapist. then you also have to do what works for you because if right now therapy doesn't work for you then then it doesn't work for you yeah yeah, like I think know, I gotta find a better therapist. Yeah, yeah, and, I put, and some yes, money to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but like I don't want to be like, like, oh, I started therapy, so now I have to stay in therapy, even though I don't like therapy. But but like, yeah. if it's not at some point, if it doesn't work for me, I know it's okay for me to like, yeah, find another avenue or find another therapist. Do you know what I mean? I think it's interesting that you're like. <laughs> now that you're starting to like verbalize it and speak on it like it's making you like at least like be able to kind of start to like yeah you know like now we're at least like moving through it and being like well it's not really that it's this whatever because I've known you literally since I was eight years old and you are a verbal like you are a chatty person yeah so like I can't imagine you feeling like you have something you need to talk about and not talking about it Mm -hmm. like is your jaw okay like do you have TMJ I know (laughs) Like I from do just have like, DMJ, but yeah, from just like keeping it in. Well, because like you're just a talker. To, I just told you, like it changed me. Yeah, like I don't feel like that person you're talking about, and that that's hard too. Because will I ever be that person again? Mm. I don't know. Which is such a that that piece is like that is grief of like this thing, this traumatic thing happened to you, and like. In that moment, your entire life being everything changed. Yep. Like I always say, like that line from the Taylor Swift song of like the old Taylor is dead. She can't come to the phone. Like literally I talk about I quote it all the time because I'm like, no, the old Bonnie is dead. Like I think about people who know me from New York when I was like thriving at 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Like I think they see me now and they like think that's who I am. And like 
sure is like the you know short like yeah she's in there something she ain't the same and like i respond to things differently and my i jump more and like perspective has changed she like when i see people from new york it actually makes me anxious because i think that they want me and i know that i am and so like i get anxious and then i'm like sweating right to the point where like you know i talked about this which it'll be like the episode before us of like i'm anxious and it's not fun for me to be there anymore like it's just different so like mm-hmm. yes that is a huge piece of grief of like Angela before that moment she's still in there like I don't feel like I'm talking to a different human no, right but you feel entirely different a hundred percent yeah and that sucks and that's sad because you yeah. didn't ask for that to happen to you yeah. and somebody actually did it themselves <laughs> which like circling it back to we're gonna dig into that because <laughs> it shouldn't have happened right yeah. so now you're dealing with the outfall of all of okay. this turmoil and emotional distress and like you know it puts stresses on you and your relationships and your family dynamics and like you didn't do that somebody else did that you're right don't talk about anger don't get me i'll get fired (laughs) up real quick (laughs) ask me what my triggers are (laughs) so I feel like this is a good place to take a brain break now that I'm all fired up. We love them. I forgot to do them in the last two episodes and I actually could like feel it. So (laughs) I'm like, we're going to continue to remember to do that because it's easy to like keep going. But exactly why they're here because like it gets heavy. Right. Um, All right. So Ange and I decided that our brain break is going to be about Real Housewives of New York. The revamp. The revamp. All right. I would like your your main character energy. Who do you think (sighs) is the main character? Who do I think is the main character? I think it's um, Jenna Erin. Like, I think Jenna and Erin are... I kind of agree. Are, like, the... Because you know why? Because I think they're, like, the like quintessential, like, New Yorkers. Like, I feel like yes. when you see them, they're New York. What they do is New York. How they talk is New York. Everything they do is New York. Yes. Like, Jenna is, like, Soho. Yes. And then Erin is Upper West Upper Side. Upper West Side, 100%. 86th and Broadway. Yes. Like, I feel like I've met those people 100 times and yes, many of their yes, children. Yes, yes. <laughs> gets all my goddamn nerves. Really? I, I, she do, you know what? I think just think she is... I guess sometimes. You know what? I'm hot and cold with all those girls. Yeah, well, we're still getting to know them. I, we are. But it's the last episode. Can't wait for the reunion, though. Like, we're legit coming up on the reunion. That's we true. we talk about? Cheese? Like, I just feel like, why don't we feed each other? I guess I felt like I guess I mean, it was a new season, so we did have to meet them and like see who's going to stir the pot. They're forcing friendships. So you kind of have to like see that. But like Cy comes off so ignorant sometimes that I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, she's Um, interesting to me because I feel like she is somehow getting away with playing Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that but it might just be because she's like yeah i left and i'm not mad about it because i was hungry and like maybe that's what makes her switzerland is because people just take her for what she's saying she's not really now i want to know what do you think about jessel i think jessel is like so out of touch now i heard a rumor and i don't know the up-and-coming tribeca comment i was like are you new right (laughs) um and this is this goes to that up and coming i don't know if this is true or not but i heard a rumor that she moved to new york for the show for the show where was she living before i don't know i didn't hoboken i didn't really like look into that all right well we're gonna dig into that because that makes dig into that because if that's true 
then all of those comments make sense. Right. Because she doesn't know New York. I'm like, girl, Tribeca, that And also, can we just visit really quick with her husband going to freaking... For the for the soup, where did everybody go uh, for Vietnam? Yeah. Oh yeah, he she's going to Vietnam. He just goes for twenty four hours. Somebody's either on that plane or at the end mm-hmm. of that plane. Agreed. Agreed. When those when they entered, asked the guys like, "What would you do if you didn't have sex for a year and a half?" And he was like, "I start sleeping with other women." I was like, "That's the most honest answer." And it like really that, is. Her husband seems very simple. It really like is. he does. Now, Bravo Bros. Do you listen to Bravo Bros? No, but I should. They're from Philly. Oh. Yeah, and they do all Bravo shows. They do, it's they do uh, it's all Bravo shows. I wonder where Bravo Bros be hanging out. I don't know. Check it out, Bravo Bros. One all used right. to be um, a professional baseball player, but he had like <laughs> hurt his knee or something. So he got at... laid up on the couch with his wife yeah. and well, got no, far too. Kind of, yeah. I think I think that's how it goes. I actually love that. Listen to Bravo Bros. Um, but they have really good insight a lot. But they were like completely like disgusted by that whole dinner. Um, conversation I mean, between Erin and her husband and yeah it was kind of gross because like they weren't yeah, they were there talking about swinging, swinging and like <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ. when like Erin and her husband were giving like th- she was like we're New Yorkers I was like yeah but that's like New York in the time of hair <laughs> like I didn't know the Upper and West Side I was so into my it number one in that like show Uba? no I mean Uba's okay Uba is the cousin of uh, the girl that's on Dubai. You know, I don't watch Dubai. I watched Dubai. It was good. Is it good? Yeah. All right. Um, Uba's, Uba's okay. She's fine. Uh, Bryn. Bryn. We love Bryn. I love Bryn. I love Bryn. I hate Bryn. But at the end of the day, I always come back to love. Bryn. She's giving the comedic relief that the show She's needs. She's giving the comedic relief. There's, we still don't, there's still the some money. mystery about her. Yeah, like where are we getting the rare book finds? I don't know, but is she really into rare book finds? Because that's so kitschy and I fucking yeah. love it. But I'm if like, it is. where's your money coming from? She like, loves old cars. You're just so good at your job that you have all this money consulting. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't so. believe it either. I think that she got an OnlyFans. I think. <laughs> Only fans or she got a lot of sugar daddies or, or like sugar mamas. The third, that third ex uh, fiance yes, still yes. funding the project. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I do, do love her though. I do love her. I love her like outfits. I love how she's like, fuck it. My hair is my hair. Right. I don't care. I'm going to just do whatever. And she flirts with Jenna all the time. And she flirts with Jenna all the time. I do like that too. And it makes Jenna uncomfortable, which I also Yes, because really she's like, are you really into me? Are you not into me? I'm not sure who I'm do, dealing I with. I love all that. Yeah. We love, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm curious to see if they bring it back next season, who's on it next season. Mm. Are they going to take some OGs and put them back? I hope not, mm. to be honest. I'm kind of like, I mean, I can do without Jessel, personally. True. She doesn't bring too much. Um... If they're always forgetting about her and she's with her, with them, like, how are we remembering? How are we going to remember? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. um, The reason I do like them, besides, honestly, Jessel, is I do think that they encompass the entire island of Manhattan and Brooklyn. Like, I think, like, everybody kind of gives, like, a different neighborhood. Did you see the sneak, the, like, sneak peek, whatever, of what they wore to the um, reunion? Yes. I think people were like, oh, they, uh, well, things I was reading. But they were being oh, New Yorkers. They, sh- they all should have, uh, they all should have convened and they all right. should have worked it out. 
pants on the reunion. Those girls are like, fuck that. This is me. This is what I'm wearing. Right. Jenna put jeans on because that's Jenna. I wouldn't. Right. I think it would look weird if Jenna was in a gown. I think it represented. No, she would look so like it would just want to see. It's not I her brand. It represented this cast of New York. Yeah. Incredibly well. And also like jeans can be fashion if you pull it off. And she's going to pull it off. Is fashion. I mean, yeah, I've been trying to get her freaking eyelashes at goddamn Target. They're <laughs> sold out every time I go there. You know, I, I saw the lashes. I was like, I'm going to have to try those for Love the show. Love scene. I got to get them. <laughs> Love scene. <laughs> I gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, we be loving the housewives. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, like, yeah, I don't need Dorinda back. And yeah. I love Dorinda, but I just I mean, feel I like she too, needed the pause. Like, yeah. she was, like, a hot mess. Yeah. The yeah. only one I could see, like, actually mixing in with these girls is gonna be a hot take, but, like, Bethany. Oof. She's the only one I could see, like, handling I them know, all. And she ain't coming back. No, she's done. She, she finally back. was just like, I Reality was trying. Reckoning. However, <laughs> as, as an actor, I kind of agree because guess what? Uh, Everybody else had to stop r- no, working. No, I agree. I think there has to be something. I mean, I think there should the be something. The fact that none of these ladies will make any money off of this season. The only after thing theirs. I watch on every streaming network that we have. Something off Bravo. Is something reality based. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think something's needed. Yeah. Like at least like some sort of streaming. Yeah, like something. Ten cents and up, like something. Because yeah, they yeah. do like put their life out there and like, yes, they're signing up for it, but they didn't sign up for people to get to rewatch it 24 hours a day 100%. and not make any money off 100%. of it. 100%. So like Bethany is on to something there. Agreed. But you know. Agreed. Um, all right, let's bring it back. <laughs> Brain break over. <laughs> okay, so I would like to bring it back to okay so we're having these feelings of grief um you're feeling very in the thick of it because like now we're just starting to really talk about it because it just like kind of came to the boiling point the top of the box hath popped off so what do you find besides verbalizing it is helping you do you find that you're finding no help anywhere are you finding yourself like kind of like pushed into the corner because there are definitely days where like the only reason I feel like I cope is because I have <laughs> because of Instagram, really, because I was just like, how the fuck do I get back on Instagram where I like talk to my phone, to my friends and chit and chat and like just like don't acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. So like really Instagram was like 90 percent of my coping Te- writing in a journal is 10 percent um, is the only reason that I'm able to cope. And now because of that, I'm freely able to just tell people like, yeah, you have to say goodbye to me because I have abandonment sh- issues. Cause I didn't get to say goodbye to either one of my parents. Jeez. So like, I like having a final, like you could say goodbye to me and then linger for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I'll make you say goodbye to me again. <laughs> I'd be like, you're really leaving now. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Cause like, I like to have like a clip on it. Right. And like, I know, I only know this from like, talking and doing right right, of course but it's allowed me to acknowledge those things in my day-to-day that trigger me Mm -hmm. and freely just be like i can't have that because it's my i I can't eat that it's my mom's favorite candy you know because like i just can't put it i just can't so what about you are you feeling like you're on your way to finding things you feel like you're still looking for them so i think that this is all very new like it's all very new to me because I again like I said I put it on a shelf and it was in a box and like every once in a while I'd be triggered but I like immediately put it back in the box so now like the box is down it's open I'm exploring it and I'm making connections Mm -hmm. um 
I try. <laughs> I try to not. And I shouldn't do this now that I'm thinking about this. My, I think my therapist would tell me not to do this. <laughs> but anyway, um, I try to not let it come out around my husband mm. because I'm very protective of my husband's feelings mm -hmm. and I don't want him to I don't want him to bear any of this responsibility at all because I love him so much and mm -hmm. I don't want him to feel like it's his fault at all because it's not so I tend to do a lot of um, just internalizing, but doing things like, you know, I notice what I do. Like, you know, when we go to Target, <laughs> we I don't take the route past the baby stuff. Totally. Ever. And if I do, it's by default. Because I couldn't and go any like, other way. And can't then believe I'm you like, just yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> um, I also... Um, which is more of avoidance, but I also, uh, I like, it's so weird because like, I love babies. Yeah. Like babies make me smile. Like, right. you know, like we were out at the supermarket the other day and we saw, I don't know what it was, baby day at ShopRite. <laughs> like freaking A, there was like the most adorable babies with yeah. like bows in their hair. And this little kid had this like little Eagles jersey on and it was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. But I think distraction right now is kind of my major thing. Yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to get through American Horror Story. Have you oh, seen I started it and it's all about yeah. I literally only got through like thirty minutes, but it's very so, prevalent right in the first episode. I'm so trigger warning for anybody warning don't for watch anybody. Yeah. AHS with yeah. Kim Kardashian. Period. Um, I we watched it like last night mm -hmm. trying to get through the episodes because I really love American Horror Story, but like yeah. I'm not in it. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm like on my phone. I'm like not in it because like I don't want to not watch it because of him. So I think that right now my major thing is like I distra I'm distracting myself. Mm -hmm. Like it's distraction. But it's honestly, distracting sounds like that's better than stifling. Yes. That sounds like progress. That like, okay, we are acknowledging that it's present, but like we're choosing right. I guess to I've never really looked at it like that. We're choosing to just like look at it from afar. You're right. It's I'm out not, of hands at arm length. You're right. I'm not ignoring it. You know, I will I will acknowledge it, mm -hmm. but I think I, I just kind of push it back for me to just deal with by myself. Sure. Which like I feel like I'm your therapist right now. I'm like, I'm going to give you homework. And I think you the should. homework you should because my therapist is just give to me like, <laughs> let, like, I'm sure Mark knows that you're like, not okay. And like, I'm you know, like, obviously, but just to be like, I just need to acknowledge that I'm not okay to you. And like, I'm just, I'm going to do my best to get through, you know, like I'm just moving through it as it comes and goes, but I just want to acknowledge to you that I know I'm not okay. And I know that it's cause I'm grieving, whatever the, you know, like whatever is happening is pure grief. So he can be like, I know you're grieving. Right. Cause it's like, we love that you're protecting him and his feelings. Like you're, uh, that's very selfless of you. I would actually say to anyone grieving <laughs> anyone, cause uh, this is a thing like, 
as an empathetic person, I, I just like for survival, I had to, I was like, I need to be selfish. And how many fucking selfish people have I like given so much to that? Like if they feel slighted, I'm sorry, but like I have to be selfish right now for survival and like preservation and like to try and like keep whatever I can intact right now. And, like, it's okay for you to do that also and just, like, you know, even with, like, the little goodie bags and being, like, I'm sorry that you think that this is extra, but this is actually for me and my soul. So, like, if you would like to help, we love it. But you know what? If you don't want to, just uh, letting you know it's because I'm not okay and this is me trying to work through it. Right. You know, and, like, just verbalize, like, I'm not okay. (laughs) It goes a long way. I And I know... I know saying to that to saying that to him, he would appreciate it. He would take it. Like he's right. He's a very like he's like, yeah. I don't think anybody else on this planet could handle me the way he handles me. Mark, she's so in love with you. <laughs> wow, coming up on the how many year anniversary? Six years. Six year anniversary. <laughs> it's all still there. I just love him so much, and I know that he's. He's there for it. Mm-hmm. He's there for the shitty things, and yeah. he's there for the good things. And I know we're in this together. And but y- for you, Angela, to just be like, I need to do this for me, you might right. go a really long way. Right. Because, like, you shouldn't feel so in your turtle shell. Yeah. Which you're going to feel anyway. Like, I literally, I always talk about my life. Like, I feel like I stand in the room, and it's that shot in a, in a movie where the room is spinning. Uh-huh. And it's full of people. Uh-huh. And it could just be a room with you and Mark and the room could still be spinning and you know he's there. But like you shouldn't have to always feel that way. Right. And it might just be you saying like, for me, I just want to say this to you. And this is, I know you feel this way, but for me. That makes sense. You're right. Just like, it's okay not to be okay. You don't need to pretend for anybody, you know, including yourself. It's okay to not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. Because <laughs> ain't nobody okay anyway. It's Again, true. it's like <laughs> we're all going through it. I'm like, in which in which like layer on this like food pyramid would you like to label yeah. you're not okay? Yeah. But like no one is okay. No one is okay. And if we just talked about mental health more, oh my god, a hundred percent. Maybe more people would walk around less with a stick up their ass, let's like they have it figured let's out. Let's <laughs> teach our kids how to help their friends who are going through a bad time or what to do or what to say or what to recognize like can we can we do that right Right. because I feel like that would be so much more productive Mm -hmm. in today's day and age right you know so many kids just working in a doctor's office for the years that I did kids on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication Mm -hmm. and like I mean so many yeah you know, like we need we need to help. We need to teach our kids how to help each other. Right. That's what we have to do. Like that's what we should be focusing on. Right. And also like as parents, like acknowledging when your kids aren't okay and that's like not even like a I've done something that my kid's not okay. Like everyone's wired differently and that doesn't mean totally. you did anything but you know what is more helpful for your kid to be like all right like what's making us anxious like let's do this like let's yes. do that even like my nephew mason 
He's a wild man. We, we <laughs> love Mace. Mace is on a different level. We love. But we went on um, the pirate ship. Oh, yeah. Together. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. First of all, I haven't been on a pirate ship since my mom died. And as everyone knows, this central nervous system, she ain't the same. <laughs> she fires up real quick. She used to get like a nice start. Now it's like you touch, she goes. Oh, God. So like, I haven't been on the pirate ship in many eons. And he's like, I want to go on that. He's tiny. He's a little guy. <laughs> like little. He's a little guy. So I was like, all right, we're doing it. I forgot how high that shit went. And I'm shaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how many times have I been on it in my lifetime? Not more than I should be shaken. Right, right, right. So I'm like, <laughs> and then he's little. And we sat in the middle so that we weren't actually hitting the actual hike because okay. he's tiny. So I was like, we're going to go moderate here. Imagine? Oh, God. No, no. Moderate was not moderate. We were all the way up and he was, I could tell that he was starting to get real scared because okay. he got real quiet, uh-huh. whatever. And I was like, you're going to put yourself aside. <laughs> Do it for him. <laughs> Literally, I like put my arm around him. He's probably feeling me like, like my aunt is nervous too. My aunt is nervous too. But I was like, are you all right? And he was like, no. And I was like, all right, we're going to breathe. Ready? And I'm like, because also I need to breathe. So I'm like, we're going to inhale. Exhale. Oh. Not me and my nephew doing the nervous breathing, anxiety on breathing the on the fucking pirate ship <laughs> in the middle of summer on Ocean City's boardwalk. But he like we got through it and he like got off and he was like he was holding it together, holding it together. Loses his shit. Right. Loses it. And I looked at him and I was like, listen, here's the thing. We were scared. I was like, you felt me. I was scared too. I was like, yeah. and we were breathing. I was like, and you know what? Now you know you can do it. If you don't want to ever do it again, you don't have yeah, to. And he was like, you're right. You're right. Aww. But I was like acknowledging that like he's nervous and it's okay for this kid to be nervous and not like, come on, suck it right, up. Exactly. It's a ride. Like you, sh- you should be having fun. Right, I was like, right. no, he's scared. And like, it's okay. So, Agreed. like, maybe even just those things as parents of, like, let's acknowledge when, you know, you can tell your kid is scared Agreed. and being, like, tell me why you're scared. You know, let's let's therapize our kids a little bit more Agreed. instead of making it about us. Because I think that that's what it ends up being is, like, adults make it about our, again, not okay to see people uncomfortable, need to fix. And the fix, the Agreed. quick fix for everybody is just, I like. I also think a lot of people, um, how old are you? 34. That was a trick question. <laughs> I almost forgot again. <laughs> I think a lot of people, us being in different generations, but um, I, in my personal journey, my parents weren't taught no. how to deal with their feelings. 100%. And because their parents didn't teach them how to deal with their feelings. Mm-hmm. Yes. And here I am at 47 years old mm-hmm. being like, what the fuck? I'm having feelings. I'm having feelings. <laughs> yes. And I don't know how to deal with them. Exactly. And, but I want to deal with them. Mm-hmm. See, I'm the, I'm the icebreaker. I'm the, that's it. That's very true. Yes. You are right at that, like, yes, place I'm the where one it starts that's like, to change. Okay. We need to stop this shit. And yeah. like, I need to get off and I need to figure this out. So I've just entered that part of my life as well. So mm-hmm. I think that there are, a lot of things coming together mm-hmm. at this particular time in my life that um, I need, like I need help with. I need to figure out. I, I 99.9% believe I'm in perimenopause. Possible. Um, which is a hundred percent possible. So there's a lot of shit happening there. Um, 
the infertility and my experience with that, I'm starting to deal with that. I am realizing the things that I was not taught over the course of my childhood yeah. and, and my upbringing on how to deal with things like feelings and such. So I think a lot, all of those things coming together is like the perfect storm. So at this point, I'm really trying to prioritize mm-hmm. the things that are really, really heavy, heavy on my heart mm-hmm. and just my being right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that right now is the infertility and the the dream that never was. Mm-hmm. And how I can live with that. So yeah. I, I think that that's where my priority is right now. Should be anyway. Uh, and then, you know, being married and. Like, <laughs> there's we, a lot going on. There's I mean, there's like all this stuff because I got married late. So it's yeah. not like I've been married for years. So like, you know, I'm only six years into a marriage. So there's marriage things and I've only owned a house for five years. So there's house things. And like, I feel like. Yeah. You know, I did, th- I did a lot of this stuff very late mm-hmm. and it's all everything right now, you know, everything like, all at once. Yeah. Everything all at once. So, and that's overwhelming as fuck. It's incredibly overwhelming. And I have a tendency, um, being very familiar with depression because it's a very comfortable, mm-hmm. familiar spot for me. Mm-hmm that that's where I go. I go into my depression cave because Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with any of it. Mm -hmm. So it's me getting out of, it's me going there first, I think is my number one. That's your, yeah. That's your natural. Yeah. Like that's where I want to be. Like I just want to go in my bedroom and not come out. Yeah. And I have. Sometimes that's nice. And it's, yes, but it's not very productive and it doesn't take care of anything. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's all still on the other side of the door when you wake up. So. Truly. Um, but yeah, so I think I think I'm on a journey with a lot of roads. Yeah. And I just have to, I'm I'm starting to learn how to pri- prioritize what is really the heaviest right yeah. now, um, which I think will make the other things a little less heavy and a little more. Yes. You know, we got to start chipping with, away. Yeah. I'll be able to deal with them a little bit better and they will seem so big yeah all right well i feel like that's a good place to do our cheers okay Okay. i feel like that's like a good place of like we're gonna prioritize yeah i'll see in a year (laughs) why a year well no i mean you know when we come back around to this topic again oh yeah i mean we'll come back to many topics i think this is our one year anniversary listen we're labeling it as infertility 100 percent oh but, but i got think, so many other issues but besides that but also like <laughs> your grief story. i'm so much more fucked up than that. <laughs> we again we all are we all are but your grief is just so it, it's you know you, you've got many layers to the grief that we can talk about because grief is so many things it's you true. know so all right y'all to prioritizing ourselves and our mental health and being a little selfish sometimes all right bye y'all see ya